Good morning, good afternoon, good evening worldwide. You are listening to the hottest team, Rebel Nation, and the most hype OFC in the AFROTC Enterprise Hype Man Sledge, live from Detachment 4, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Got a spot all up in, you know where it is, all up in your detachment. All right, this week, you guys are starting to turn up. You guys are trying to figure out what's going on. You're starting to get a lot of information. You're probably overwhelmed. All right, I'm here to help you out, okay? This week, we're going to talk about expectations, right? Expectations are what guide us to what we're actually doing. What are what do you expect of me, right? And what do I expect from you? Believe it or not, expectations are a two-way street at a minimum, all right? So if anybody is giving you expectations, you should be giving them expectations back, believe it or not, right? Feedback and expectations go at least at a minimum two ways, all right? So if you think about it as a, you know, and you got it in high school, you got it in, in, in your homes, right? You got it from mom, dad, you got expectations everywhere, right? And I'm hoping that you were giving expectations back, right? Some of them were implied, right? I expect my parents to, you know, provide for me as I am not able to provide for myself. I'm six, so right? So I hope you guys get that. All right, so now how does that apply to uh, my enterprise level you know, activity, right? Whether it's ROTC, basic training, uh, Air Force Academy, wherever you are, right? I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying not to be biased, wherever you are, right, out there. I want you all to understand the gravity of expectations and why it's so important. If you haven't been using your expectation management throughout your life, it's time to start highlighting it. It's time to start utilizing it, okay? So I'm gonna give you guys some tips and tricks and get you guys motivated uh, on how to utilize your expectations, okay? So whether you're starting a new job or starting a new uh, step as a college student or Air Force ROTC or whatever ROTC or whatever transition you're making, right? You should naturally expect to get some expectations from your senior member, your manager, your supervisor in, in ROTC, your, your professional officer corps, your upperclassmen, all right? Where is my first line supervisor and what are my expectations? That's what you should be thinking. Also on the flip side, you should have expectations for your supervisor, right? You should have something lined up. There is no excuse why you should have or not have any expectations for your supervisor. It's a two-way street, okay? So make sure when you're thinking about that, think about what you expect from your superior officers. Make sure you, you have some questions, you have some, some expectations ready for them, right? If you invest in that, they will remember that and they're like, oh, okay, that's so-and-so, right? I'm gonna make sure that I live up to their expectations because after expectations comes feedback, right? And this, that's when we start, becoming real with each other and letting each other know how uh, we have been performing with each other, right? And how we can improve those relationships and how we can improve performance, okay? So here's the deal, okay? When it comes to your expectations, I'm talking to the upperclassmen, I'm talking to the supervisors, I'm talking to the managers, I'm talking to everybody else, right? Who's at the upper level. If you supervise or manage, something or some program, all right, this is for you, 
okay? Make sure when you lay out your expectations, make sure you try your hardest to be the expectations that you are sending out there. Make sure you absorb it. Let me give you a minute or a second to absorb what I'm trying to say. Try your best to be the expectations that you're sending out there, at least, all right? So the reason why I said try your best is we're all human, right? We're all human, we can't be perfect all the time, right? That's the way we as humans were built, we're imperfect uh, creatures of the earth, right? So that's why I said try your best to be your expectations. If you say, hey, I need you to be on time, and on time for me means 15 minutes before the key turn, right? For you missileers out there, right? I need you to be on site, ready to go doing this. Well, I would expect if I was on the receiving end of that, if you have an expectation for me to be like that, I would expect you as my supervisor to be there too, right in the fields, in the trenches with me. If you can't meet that expectation, then I don't think it's very fair to give it, right? So let's use our uh, expectation management to be fair and be realistic, okay? So make sure if you are a supervisor, leader, manager, or anything of that capacity to be your expectations, really itemize those things and really try and figure out what you truly expect from those who are looking up to you. I don't like to use the word subordinate. Um, those who you are working with, right? That at the time are working at a lower capacity than you, right? They're looking up to you for supervision, guidance, and mentorship, all right? Be your expectation. For those who are receiving the expectations, make sure you have a lineup of expectations for your supervisors, right? Your managers, your leaders, make sure, because they're going to ask you, they should, after they're giving you the expectations, make sure they're gonna, or they're gonna ask you, hey, what expectations do you have for me? You'd be doing them a great disservice to say, I don't have anything at the time, I don't have anything. You are wrong, all right? You are absolutely 100% wrong. You should have a list of stuff to pass to them as far as expectations, all right? And maybe some people don't know what to expect. That's fair. But there are some basic things that you would expect is implied, but you're probably not vocalizing. For example, you are an upperclassman. I'm going to have a lot of questions in the future. I need to be able to rely on you, and I need to be able to reach out to you and and to in order to get the answers or the reference so I can have the answers to my questions. That is an expectation from me, the lower classmen, to you, the upperclassmen, right? I need you to be available. You're my first line supervisor. I'm not saying be at my beck and call, but be available, right? Let me be able to reach you pretty easily within a, a certain amount of time, right? If I send an email, um, please try to reply to me within 24, 48 hours, whatever expectation you have, and just make sure it's realistic though so that the supervisor can say, okay, that's what they expect. And I think that's realistic. And I think I can comply with that, right? So make sure you all have a list of expectations so you can provide that, um, that feedback back and forth, right? Also, 
it's able, you're able to hold your supervisors accountable. When it's time for that midterm feedback and you're getting, uh, you're getting the business, right, about your performance, you can also provide the business, right, and say, hey, there's, here's a couple of cases. Remember I said I needed this? Well, this is a factor or I, I'm holding you accountable. I, I need a little bit more uh, engagement. I need a little bit more interface with you, right? It, it, and that's what's going to tell me more about my performance, right? If I get more, then I will uh, shed out more, right? I can, I can process more, things like that, okay? That all comes with expectation management. It sets the foundation of where we're going, okay? So another thing with expectations, and this is something I really hate, all right? Um, I've heard this out in the world a few times. And I got some stories that kind of back it up uh, why I don't necessarily like this concept as much. So I've heard out there very many times, lower your expectations and you will never be disappointed. I personally hated that quote. I hate it. I hate it. I get the point of it, but I don't think it's being used properly. Case in point, when I was at Camp Shelby as a field training officer, few years ago, right? I had a cadet and I was conducting a feedback and he had had some troubled areas and he had a problem with his fellow cadets. And I said, your fellow cadets have mentioned, right? That it's kind of difficult to work with you. Uh, we're having, we're having, we're pro they're having problems connecting to you, right? And I was like, do you know why that is? He's like, well, I I'm not here for them, right? I'm here to do my, you know, do my thing and get out of here, right? So it's already a, a uh, ill mindset. So I was like, but you, you realize this is a team concept. And it got somewhere down the line. And it, it, it got to the point where he mentioned, well, I, I, my expectations of them are low. So I'm never disappointed in, in, in them. Right. And I proceeded at that point to light this young cadet up. I was livid because I heard that. And I got to the point where I had to kind of back up a little bit. I had to kick him out of my office. And I had to sit down and reflect on that and say, why am I so upset with this, this cadet who's just being honest, right? Well, here's the deal. I, I got to reflect on that and meditate on that. And I said, the fact that he was using that to refer to his fellow teammates, his humans, his, his fellow people, right? That he had already had low expectations for them. You don't even know me, right? You don't even know these people. You already have low expectations for them, right? And you already have, you know, so you wouldn't be disappointed. And that's a horrible way to think of people. So make sure until somebody else is proving themselves with low expectations, don't treat them that way. Expect greatness from everyone on this planet. Not everybody's great, but they have to prove that to you first. Does that make sense? I hope that really makes sense, right? I don't want anybody to be looking at anybody else, especially from here or anywhere else, ROTC or whatever, to look at another human and already have low expectations for them. That's not fair. You, I haven't even talked to you. I haven't opened up my mouth, right? So until there's a reason, a legitimate reason, that you have that concept down and that's what you've passed, right? Do not have, like, you should not think of them that way. Try to rethink it another way, right? And even if somebody has let you down, is it recoverable? Can you help them build up to the point of expectation that you have for them, right? 
instead of just having low expectations and walking away, how about helping them out and getting them to the expectations you have for them? And you tell them, hey, I got high expectations for you, man. I, I expect you to do great things, right? And what you're doing right now is a little short. So let me help you out, right? Isn't that a little bit easier? Now, I know people say, you know, low expectations, low expectations for certain things. I got you. But I would not say low expectations for people. Low expectations for situations, maybe. That's the difference. Low expectations for situations that may be just dire or whatever the case may be. You lower your expectations so you're not disappointed, right? I hope the key under the mat is there, right? But I'm not expecting it to be. You know what I mean? And if it's not there, you're like, well, okay, well, I didn't expect it to be there. But if it is, cool, sweet. So remember, lower expectations, if you're going to lower it, not for people, for situations, maybe. But don't forget your optimism. Be optimistic. Be positive when you're going over there. That'll at least help you guys get to where you're going, especially if people are following you. You've got to have a, a, a positive approach and a, and a plan and an after plan if you got something, right? So expectation management is the key to all of that okay so get your expectations send some expectations and make sure that we are getting the information so we can actually provide the feedback that makes us all better all right let's go ladies and gentlemen we are back back for another round back for another trip around back for some more news, back in your detachments, back, back, back. Welcome, detachment four, the revolution, it cannot be televised. We will not be stopped. I don't care if you like what we got to say or not, you're gonna get it. If you don't like it, you can change the channel. This is the best Air Force ROTC news, this is the best military news network around, all right? You might think, oh, man, Captain Select, that's a little bold for you to say. I don't care. We got a lot to say, and you're going to hear us, all right? So we are here doing our thing. Another time, you know, one time I was at a, one point in time in ROTC, I was a little, I was a little sad, and I had, a, had some things going on in my life, and, man, I was going through it. And, uh, yeah, so Cadet Biosteros came by and said, what's going on, sir? You know, what's going on with you? You know, I kind of noticed it, and I was like, look, I'm going through some stuff and going through some things. And, and she was like, don't worry about them haters. They just haters. Don't worry about them haters. And I thought I got to thugging about haters. It ain't no haters that's doing greater than you. Oh, man, God, dog. Ain't no haters that's doing Amen. greater than you out here. So if you out there and you doing your thing and somebody hating on you, go ahead and reflect on why they probably be hating on you because uh, it, is, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So Captain Sledge here, Hype Man Sledge here. Debt for OFC, one and only. I'm here facilitating for the cadets who actually run this show, and it would not be anything without them. So without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce them and do my thing. I got Cadet Cooper on the mic. Let's rock and roll. Cadet Davison, where you at? Howdy from Rebel Nation. All right, we got Cadet Biasteros. Alive and well. All right, we got Cadet Walber, where you at? Hey, you on attack, sir. All right, and then we got Cadet General in the house. All right, she's navigating us today for Cadet Rickerford, but I know she will navigate us perfectly fine. And then, first in command, here we go, Cadet Wade, what's going on? Yeah, buddy, what's going on, Captain Sledge? 
All right, you know what it is. You know how we do. Same old routine. What's on your mind this week? Man, you know, we're back in school, full swing. First week, we're, you know, going through our expectations. Colonel's telling us, you know, don't, don't, don't touch each other. Don't do all this. Don't do drugs. You know, the basics. You know, we've heard it for me. I've heard it for nine semesters. So, you know, that's really drilled into you. But we started off with PT this week. And we have PT on, you know, Wednesday, Friday is our schedule. Every detachment is different. Wednesday, we went over PFA expectations, all that, yada, yada. And then Friday, you know, we got active. We got physical. We started moving our bodies, you know. In, yeah, we uh, did. Who 2023, it's, it's, it's a different scene in America. You know, everybody's not as fit and healthy as they used to be. So, you know, we... <laughs> <laughs> we were out there running and you know everybody cadet walbro and everybody can vouch we were just doing the basics push-ups sit-ups you know having a good time i'm over there like yeah man you know good feels good to be back in the uniform the ptgs rocking and rolling and you know out of the corner of my eyes i'm just seeing bodies drop Stop. <laughs> they're just dropping like flies and we're just doing push-ups sit-ups and some shuttle runs and um you know they, they're i like to call it Painting the trash cans. We we had Colorful a lot of trash cans. we had a lot of colorful trash cans today. Five people were throwing up, and I was just thinking, man, it it kind of blows my mind how, you know, you coming in this program and you're coming from your outside life, whatever your health circumstance may be, and your job is to get disciplined and get right or get gone. It's pretty crazy to see, but a lot of people they you know adapt to it and change, but. I think that it's it's your duty as a, you know, most of us come in as 18, 19, 20 year olds, some people even 16. It, it's that's the most prime time of your life. Like you should be in near close physical fitness. You know, that 25 to 30 year age is your, your prime health. So I think it's crazy how, you know, you come in and some people are really fit and some people are just like, oh, they don't got it at all. They're hurting after just a little bit. And me coming from a, heavy sports background you know football track mixed martial arts all the above i'm like man this is pt is a joke compared to what we would do you know when we were in football we would do gassers until <laughs> you throw up and you couldn't see anything <laughs> <laughs> and it's a different beast around there you know but here it's different and it, it's definitely a interesting experience because those are the kind of people you have to mentor and i think that's the best part about Ratsi is you get to mentor not only people through doing drill and ceremonies, the basic stuff, but you get to mentor people throughout all aspects of life. And you can help anybody in any category of their life. So that's kind of what I was thinking about today. Yeah. So, and, and I, I think about that too. Um, again, all you supervisors and POC all across the world that's doing this, right? This is just a phase, right? This is just an assessment. Uh, again, like uh, Cadet Wade said, like you said, just being able to, uh, mentor in that dimension as well, right? Uh, not just, you know, giving you these objectives, but I get to mentor you in uh, matters of fitness, uh, eating well, and all that other stuff like that, because, um, man, I know some cadets who just started from nothing, and they were, but ended up being one of some of the most athletic people. They just yeah. weren't introduced to the, uh, you know, introduced to the the, the lifestyle, the culture, right? Uh, once they get a, a little taste of that, their body start realizing its true potential. So mm -hmm. uh, you supervisors and POC who are out there, don't sit there and look and try and ridicule people and, and look down on them. Remember, you was just there mm -hmm. um, and you have an opportunity to mentor people and 
and shape them and get them physically fit because that's a major portion of what we do as as a culture as a force as a as a development uh tool yeah 100 i mean i started the program and i came in and i did my my first uh, pfa for to get my scholarship and i got like i mean just barely a 75 and then like <laughs> literally at the end of that semester i was getting 90s and now i'm getting 99 so it just it it's interesting but like it, it's definitely weird because like there's a whole bunch of new 100s, a whole bunch of new people, and it's quickly how how it's or well it's rather it's interesting how fast they can uh, get fit or can change. Um, but yeah, definitely hang on to them, help them out a little bit because they'll they'll get there. Um, it's just knocking off the rust, you know. So definitely. Yeah, definitely think it's not good to hate on those that don't pass their first initial PFA. I remember back when I did my first orientation PFA, I did not pass that one, not even close. And I think back to if it was Colonel Henderson, so the deck commander before us, I wouldn't even have been able to enter the program. So thinking to um, Colonel Williams next, the following uh, detachment commander, how he got rid of that um, policy and he didn't make you really have to, you know, you had to try and attempt the orientation PFA. At the time, we don't do this anymore, but at the time. And I'm like, wow, if, if if I was just like one year earlier, I wouldn't have been in this program. So it's like pretty crazy. And I think it's really influential to think about it of how all of us have had so many different upbringings and making sure that your policies are actually correlating with those that are trying to get into the program rather than having a limitation. Um, but yeah, I just think back to it right now. And I'm like, wow, I really could have not been here if I would have signed up for the program a year before I did. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to teach you guys. A little grace and mercy ain't never hurt nobody, right? Amen. You know, so all you folks that are out there, that's seeing that everybody deserves a little grace and mercy. I tell my cadets that all the time. Everybody deserves a chance as long as they're pushing towards that goal. All right. Because I remember what I back when I was at Lackland and I was at basic training. And they was, man, they not nice. Those TIs were not nice back 19 <laughs> years ago. They was calling me all kinds of names and stuff as we was trying to do our things. Folks was overweight. They would they had no problem telling you you was overweight in some colorful words. Okay. They was out there. And I can't even repeat some of the stuff that they were saying out there. Them TIs was brutal. So with these days, we ain't got to do it. It's a kinder, gentler, uh, you know, Air Force and Space Force. So make sure you guys are out there, you know, giving constructive con criticism. We got constructive criticism, but it, it was, it, you know, it came out, you know, folks' feelings was hurt. They was crying, <laughs> you know, they was crying, but they got, they got their 90% because they remembered what those TIs was saying at the time. They crying and mm -hmm. celebrating at the same time. <laughs> Her feelings is hurt, but they feeling good. Man, it was a mess. It was a mix of emotions. That doesn't have to be for for uh here uh rotc all right so just remember everybody deserves a little grace and mercy everybody deserves a chance as long as they're putting forth the effort their fullest effort now those folks who was throwing up out there shoot they probably were throwing out their full effort right they thresholds was probably that's what their threshold is right now right but uh give them a little bit of time that threshold will change for sure as long as you all are putting in the effort all right i told you these cadets today you you get out what you put in all right. This is we're not going to give you everything you need. We're not going to hold your hand at from every perspective. Some of that you got to go out there and get in order to get the rest of it. All right. So make sure you guys keep that in line. All right. So our next segment is going to be talking about the toughest lesson we've learned in ROTC. Um, if anyone wants to just jump in. But um, yeah, the toughest lesson we learn in ROTC so far. I already have mine if you guys want me to start. So it. I think the toughest lesson I've learned in ROTC, and truth be told, I'm still learning it, is that time management. Um, 
me, I've got a lot of extracurricular activities on top of ROTC. Time management has been a toughie. And feel free to jump in on these conversations if you guys want. But uh, yeah, time management. I definitely have had to, I've tried all the tricks too. I've tried the scheduling in my calendar, specific times when I'm going to study. Uh, I've tried not doing that, just to wing it, see what, what works for me. Personally, I'm still looking for ways to work, but time management is a huge one for me. And it's really vital to have when you're in ROTC because it's like you've got to have that academics first mindset, but it's so hard not or it's so easy to not do your academics when you've got messages pouring in left and right on Slack for your job. Uh, You've got other things for me I've got my sorority uh they're always bugging me they're always like hey we've got this event it's mandatory you need to go to it so I'm like all right well it looks like I'm going here now so it's it's all these little things that pull me away from my academics and I think learning that time management skill of like actually sitting down and doing my homework and then like knowing when I can do when I can play and when I need to work yeah 100 percent I think that's something that you learn real, real quick because, you know, you're not meeting your deadlines, your deliverables, not where you're supposed to be on time, especially in ROTC. You definitely hear about it really soon. And that's probably one of the earliest lessons that a cadet faces. Being uh, as a cadet and then, you know, I've always worked every semester. It's been something that I've had to learn the hard way. And I would say it comes down to prioritizing, saying no, and then being organized. So prioritize understand what's important to you and then basically be organized and be ready to execute what you need to throughout the week. You know, you might, it might be really cool to go to those early events or extra things, but you might have to say no because you got to swing by office hours and go talk to your professor so that you can get a good grade or you got to sit down and do some emails for a bit so that, you know, NCOs don't get on you because you haven't been submitting your paperwork, all that good stuff. But it is definitely a never-ending battle, and I think it's only going to get worse. Everybody figures it out their own way, though. Well, and it's not going to end, all right? Time management is always a thing that you guys are going to have to combat. You think it's rough now (laughs) as college students. Man, wait till you graduate, become CGOs, and and start going out there. Man, they, they smell second lieutenant a mile away, and that means taskers right yeah. hey you're, you're new here yeah that's cool hey that popcorn machine looking a little Man, empty there's no jalapenos in there there's a, do it again this is horrible hey coffee's empty yeah exactly <laughs> hey have you ever done security manager before <laughs> yeah oh they smell you a mile away yeah. you ain't gonna have time oh by the way i have to fly I've heard about i have to be one. smart on the books right i gotta do this uh, I got to do that. Uh, I'm probably working on my master's degree at the same time. Who knows whatever's going on. But I'm telling you right now, uh, when you become a second lieutenant, college is nothing compared, right? You guys are doing it, and I'm sure you guys will be excited to do it. But I'm telling you right now, those higher-ranking uh, field grade officers and all that, they're going to they gonna sense you a mile away. They were like, hey, we are happy <laughs> to see you, baby. We are happy to see we got this work for you. Cause I'm, I've been itching to get this off my plate. I ain't supposed to be doing this. I'm a captain, right? So uh, this is all good training, y'all. Uh, the things that you guys are doing to help manage your time, everybody has a different way of doing it, and there's different frameworks, and uh, one framework doesn't work for everyone. Just understand that uh, 
it's all in good training for what you guys are about to take on. It doesn't get any easier. And when you become a second lieutenant, it doesn't get any easier when you become a first and a captain. It doesn't get any easier when you become a field grade officer or a general. Okay, you're gonna wish you're gonna be back. You like you're gonna wish. I mean, I wish I was a lieutenant down in in the, uh, you know, on alert as a 13 in working <laughs> on my degree. Man, I wish I was back there. That was my job, <laughs> right? Nobody could call you or nothing. Yeah, that, that's not happening. I got 150 cases to work out here. So time management, got it. Yep, you were right. What else is out there? I think Mac has one. Oh, oh, man, awesome massive for disaster. A new flavor in your ear. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, sorry, it's funny that you say that because it's about popcorn machines. Whew, let me tell you, kind of did my little, uh, you know, stand in uh, kind of pseudo LT when I was uh, work on active duty. When I was over at Creech and we had to, they had me as a religious affairs, we had a popcorn machine. And you know what? I know things to do, but you know, there's a captain who loved him, Captain J. Captain J was like, uh, why don't it smell like popcorn in here today? You know, sorry, Mac. And I was like, uh, sir, I decided we're not doing popcorn today. He's like, uh, no, I don't think that's, I don't think that's happening today. We, we don't need some popcorn. But like, okay. You know, I have other things to do, but like, I, I can see that happening when, when we become like LTs for sure, sir. And like, honestly, um, time management is it's wild. It's unreal sometimes how time management affects us. Cause it's like, sometimes my wife looks at me like, she looks at me like I'm a crackhead sometimes. Cause I'm telling her, Hey, you know, I got, I got this by this time and I might get to bed by this time, you know, but I got about like five minutes of flex time, you know, and it's due, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's due like tomorrow, but you know, it's like, I just, it's crazy. When sometimes you come you in the bed, have, when you, you come in the bed, yeah, why right. are you running around? And my son's like, Papa, I want to play with you. You want to play Peppa Pig? And I'm like, man, if I hear one more Peppa Pig, I'm going to leave my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it's just, it, it is it is wild. Because it's like, you also have to be, like, dependable and be able to really, like, know what you need to do. And if you don't hit that threshold, you think, like, it doesn't have a second or third ramification, but you you really just won't hit your talk time. And your talk time. So... You gotta learn how to be able to say, okay, you know, I need to allocate inflex here, or and, and I gotta get this done by this time, and um, just being able to have that mental fortitude with yourself, because if you don't do that, you will go crazy. You know, you, you need to, to keep it together. So, um, understanding what you have to do when you have to do it, and when to have peace with yourself is is incredibly important in this program. I feel like, yep. Um, me personally. What else mm. is out there? I, I got one for you, Captain Sledge. What else you got? I think so. I think the biggest lesson learned, like in ROTC, hard work is is the is the expectation. Like 110% is is expected, and that's usual. And and I I think the reason why I say that's the biggest lesson learned is because like a lot of times, at least in my high school, I mean, so many people are bumming around, right? And they're just like barely holding on like whether it be mentally or physically they're just they're not doing much um and then you you get to college and it's a lot of the same thing right people just have these two or three classes a day and they can go home and do homework and that's it and they can they can kind of do whatever they want um and there's not a lot of effort there and a lot of times they're just getting C's in their classes because they just want to get the degree and they're working you know maybe four hours a week total on school I and they, wish. Could, they, they could call it a day. Right. Um, and so I think that the biggest thing for me is that like, um, when you're in ROTC and, and not just that, but like the things that we have to achieve and, and the things that all of us want to do, uh, it requires consistent dedication and hard work. 
Like, and I'll be, I'll be dead smack in the middle of semester, man. And I'm tired. Like I, I, I just want a, a three day weekend of nothing. And you know, it's, it's, it's enjoy necessarily and, and things that you got to do and, and that yes, you want to do. Um, but it's considered work or it's considered things that are necessary and getting used to that. And I think getting used to that realization, um, is something that was a, a, a really, really good lesson learned and a lesson that I try to share to, you know, my, my mentees and, and the folks that I get the opportunity to give some insight to. And, um, but I think that's definitely the biggest lesson that I learned. Yeah. Well, tell them how you really feel. Cadet Walborough. Good, good Lord. Good Lord. Oh, I will. I will <laughs> speak how on does that, that How nature. does that make you feel? Really? <laughs> Preach, yeah. Everybody else is like, yeah. Yeah. Hey. Well, I mean, hey, I get it. Thank you all for your service, right? Because that's all they tell me when they when I was like, hey, man, I'm, I was tired, boss. I was tired. I need to lay down. They'd be like, nah, go ahead and get some of this on Sunday night. You know, it ain't <laughs> over. All right. So I get it. I get it. But you guys are. Uh, I can never praise you guys enough. You, you, you core members are definitely the people who make it happen. Um, and the reason why you're able to handle so much is because you guys had good trainers before you guys had good instructors and supervisors before you guys. So, um, always a big up to that. And then of course your own personal characters, right? Your own personal characters, instead of just giving up and just kind of dropping it and letting it go and just letting it all fall by the wayside. Somebody said, no, that's not how we roll. We, we roll in hard. So, uh, time management is always going to be an issue for you guys. Expectation management is always going to be an issue, man. I, I mean, I can already imagine when I go, uh, when I have, when I have a quote unquote light PT day, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna have a light PT day. I ain't going to really, you know, I'm just going to, you know, go through the motions today. And then I find myself going hard. Right. I find myself like <laughs> getting like, in there. Right. And I was, that's not, it's not supposed to do that. Right. But that's just the way it is sometimes because that's the expectations within us. So yeah. that's how we go. So, never a light work day. Yeah, it's, it, exactly. It's never a light work day. That's coming from the UFPM. So, uh, <laughs> you know, get out there and get it. Eh? Yeah, yeah. What I definitely can agree there? with that, though, sir. I definitely like, I'm like, all right, I'm injured, just going to do a walk. And then 20 minutes later, I found myself running two miles. Because it's like that expectation of just going hard, pushing everything you've got, leaving it out on the floor, I think is a big thing that is instilled in us. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you, General. Uh, for me, uh, the hardest listen, and I'm still working on this right now, actually, even though I'm a senior, is uh, the switch. Um, ever since when I was a freshman here, I've always been that locked on ROTC mentality and stuff like that to the point where I even uh, annoyed my parents with it. Like I even called my mother ma'am and my father sir and stuff like that. It was uh they they were <laughs> yeah no, they got mad at me um and then also to my wingmen were just like hey cooper like you got it you're not in uniform you're not the detachment you can be you you can just be cooper you know just chill with us and stuff and even then it took me after field training that i was more um i got to be more personable with uh the upper class not only upperclassmen cadets but like even when I see the GMC cadets um, that are that serve underneath me, so one one of the hardest lessons I've learned is the switch, and it can take time uh, for new people coming in, but if you work on it, as long as you be yourself, I believe that's like the moral of it all. So because if you're just that one cadet Cooper, uh, just being a stickler about everything, 
nobody's going to really hang around with you and stuff like that. So my advice for any uh, new cadets coming in, be yourself. Yes, when it's locked down for leadership laboratory, AES, and physical training, absolutely. Once it once the hats are off and everything, we're all college students. We all should be cool with each other. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think um, it's like that idea of like we're told, at least here at our detachment, we're told by um, Colonel Young to just, you know, when you're here on campus, be professional and with a commuter school such as UNLV, we almost kind of make UNLV the, our home. And so we're supposed to be professional 24-7 almost. And so it's like, it's really hard to like go home at the end of the day, like if, for people who live off campus and turn that off because it's like you've been at school since God knows how early, like what, 5.30, 6 a.m. And then you don't get to leave until maybe 3, 4 o'clock. So that's a uh, if you're lucky yeah 1500 1600 if you're lucky and so it's like yeah (laughs) so it's like it's it's hard to just like kind of go home and like mentally turn that switch off because it's like oh we're still going we're still going at it like it's a 24 7 you're 24 7 being watched so it's like it's hard to learn to turn it off and then once you do and I I definitely agree with you I think after field training I kind of was more personal with the GMC because I was like oh it's uh it's different now. Like I'm, I'm helping train these cadets. I'm not getting trained. I want to be personal with these people. So they'll be personal back with me so I can, I can find that untapped talent in within them. Yeah. I think that's also a big part of what makes it all bearable though, too. Cause I mean, like I said, like every single one of us is going, you know, for the most part at our max all day, every day. And if, if that came with us always being so, uptight and and locked on if you will like no one would enjoy it but like if i'm able to have you know some 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 fun comments and hang out a little bit and have a little bit of a loose fun uh joking culture with my friends and the people that that i work with it makes it all that much more enjoyable and and then obviously when we when we step into a lab or a place where you know training has to be done or a mission has to get done that goes away and we are locked on 100% individuals um, working in that capacity. But when we're outside of that, like there's still work to be done. Like, and there's still things that we're doing, but being able stops. to, but being able to step away from the mindset of, of being entirely locked on and kind of open it up to just have a little bit of fun, uh, throw some jokes and just, just chill out while you are still being effective and doing what you need to do makes it much more enjoyable. Yeah, I think uh, I'll finish it off with mine, um, kind of ball steroids here. I think my biggest lesson um, definitely was at this time last year, I think Captain Sledge can attest to this, is um, I was wing commander and I was very struggling with the idea that culture changes take time because I'm very much somebody that with, you know, I used to be a flight commander and then a squadron commander, but you're able to see your uh, the results to your decisions pretty quickly, like within the same week, with the same day. But when you're making more strategic decisions, that's not the case whatsoever. Like you're gonna see your impact as Captain Slash says it, and the fruit is gonna grow in trees that you're not even gonna get the shade from. Um, and I definitely learned that the hard way and you're kind of like down in the dumps because you're you're thinking you're not doing the job, but you actually are. It's just the right now it's not the time. And um, yeah, just just again, change takes time and it's gonna take you a while to figure that out, but it's okay. Yeah, that was great. 
uh, Cadet Ballesteros. Um, unfortunately, we're kind of running out of time here uh, but for this segment, but um, we'll, we can continue touching on that. Remember, send us questions um, into our email. We'll have it linked in the description. But uh, moving on, we've got Captain Sledge and his improv. Captain Sledge, what's the improv this week? Debt for trying to get into the chow hall. All right, so you're a flight commander. You're a flight. You're a flight commander. Cadet General is a CTA. Cadet Wabro is a CTA. Okay, Cadet Wade and I. Okay, we are we are we are we are cadets. We are trying to get in to the Chow Hall. Okay, but you know we'll we'll figure it out. All right, let's go. Everybody's got their positions. All right, three, two, one. Sir, sir, cadets, cadets, may may I ask a question? Sir, cadets, who are you trying to cadet, 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 breathe? Who are you trying to ask a question to? I'm trying to ask you, sir. Okay, are you trying to? Okay, all right, hold up. Wait a second. Did you raise your hand? Why are you not raising your hand? Oh, I, f- I forgot because my, my hand try it again. Try it again. Try it again. My hands is hurting for push-ups today. That, well, that's tough. Go ahead. Try it again. It, why? Okay, sir. Sir, may I ask? May I make a question? Sir, may I make a question? You may ask a question. Yes. Oh, okay, uh, sir. Uh, what are we supposed to be doing right now? What are we supposed to be doing right now? You're at the Chow Hall. You need to be reporting in so you can let your flight into the Chow Hall. Do you not see the four other flights waiting for you right now? But sir, I I I I don't know what to do. I don't I I don't know what to do. I I need some help, sir. I, what do you mean? You have a whole flight. Okay, listen. All right, here's what we're gonna ask do. your <laughs> flight mates. Okay, could could I wait? Could I wait? I, could I wait? I don't I don't know what I'm doing out here. I don't know what to do. Can I may I make a statement? Make make your statement. Uh, 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 alpha flight accountability. No, he's wrong. Don't listen to him. You okay? First things first. What do you? What position do you need to be at so you can talk to me? I, to get I can't see, sir. I can't see. I can't count. Oh, oh cage eyes. Come on, uncage your eyes. Let's go. Look around. Please, just let me have one eye, sir. I need to. Count. <laughs> one, 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 get it. Two, get it. Get it. Get it, Slash Man. Make a statement. Make a statement. I'll like accountability is ten cadets right here, right now. <laughs> no, that is so wrong. You know how to do this, cadets. You've spent the last two years preparing to be here at FT. How do you get into the Chow Hall? Let's go. Uh, Come on. Man, Hurry man, up. Man, 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 man. I'm trying to get into the JAG program. I don't know squat. <laughs> hey, FTO Cooper, is this your flight, sir? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I have two very troublesome how? cadets. Cadet Wade, yeah. is that actually how you – your cadets are really hungry. Your flight rankings probably get, get down if uh, you don't get them into the Chow Hall. Why are you mumbling? Mission. I'm a warrior. I've answered my. Did I ask you for warrior knowledge, Cadet yeah, Wade? No, no, sir. You got to get him out of here. He, are you bringing back heat injuries? We got some heat injuries on the field over here. You got to get him out of Cooper, here. Can I, FTO Cooper, can I, can I demonstrate how to report accountability going yes, into you the may, CTA general? All right, this all right. is embarrassing. You guys need a CTA to help you. All right, Alpha Flight, listen up, ears. All right, okay. all right. So this is how this is how you're gonna report in. You're gonna come to the CTA in charge of the Chow Hall, and you're gonna report to, uh, your flight's accountability. So I want you to come Let over. Me ask a question. Ask a question. What's your name? CTA General. I just said her name like 20 seconds ago. Can't wait. Do you have ears? Captain Cooper, may, sir, may I make a statement? Make your statement, Cadet Sledge. Sir, may I ask a question? Ask your question. 
Sir, may I go to the bathroom? Oh, what? <laughs> now is not the appropriate time. You can do that once you enter the chow hall. C Captain Cooper, it's, it's an emergency. Oh my god. Just go. Take a wingman. You and Cadet yeah. Wade go skedaddle to the bathroom because you're not contributing anything to anyone. Wow. Go, sleep. Oh, sir, F are, are, are we allowed to do facing movements in the chow hall? Because I really need Whoa. some practice. Wait, unless you have food? Yes. Good morning, Cadet General. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is she a cadet? I didn't think so. You can call me Cadet Training Assistant now, Cadet Wade. Uh, wait, man, man, aren't you a cadet? I'm so confused. Cadet Training Assistant. Why are you disrespecting my CTAs? Cadet, cadet Wade. Assistant General. Good morning, how, how sir. Many, uh, how many cadets do you got in your detachment there, bud? Uh, one, two, uh, 55, sir. 55. Okay, all right. And and they decided to send you? No, sir, sir, um, I, I had a 98. Just get on, in the chow the hall. We got to wrap this up. Get Wade, you are fired. No, just get in, the, get in the chow hall. We got to wrap this up. Yeah. Alpha Flight, just get into the chow hall. Get Wade, you're fired. Find somebody else to be deputy. Alpha Flight, can I get a yeehaw? <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no yeehaws right now because y'all just failed in front of the mess checkers. We'll be yeah. having a discussion after lunch. Yes, ma'am. Do I look like a <laughs> man to you? Apologies, sir. <laughs> I all right, all right, all right. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. All right, all cool, right. cool. So there you go. Debt 4 uh, tries to get into the chow hall. All right, all right. Cadet General, back to you, ma'am. All right, all right. Next up, we're gonna have Cadet Walbro. He's gonna do. He's really excited for this. You guys should see the look on his face right now. It's so great. Uh, he's gonna be doing some would you rather's. So we're gonna have some would you rather's with Walbro. Get by Asteros. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. Would you rather okay. spend the rest of your life with a sailboat as your home, or an RV as your home? Definitely RV, hundred percent. Like what? any boat, I just automatically think Titanic and that I'm gonna die. <laughs> so much rather <laughs> it's gonna be nice and cozy. All good. Mm -hmm. Okay. You okay. are. <laughs> I mean, would you take the approach of I'm like buying an old school bus and making it an RV, or are you getting like a boot? Great. Like imagine just having your own little place that's like actually good and well sized. Like you can have, have everything you need. The RVs that they make these days, they're like massive. They've got like three TVs, like four places to sleep. I would if if money was not a factor, I would 100% go buy a new RV. Hmm. Yeah, but like you if you're on a boat, it can help, the water can help you rock you to sleep. <laughs> Coming from like a person who cruises it does cruises a lot, it yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not that rich, but uh, I wish I was. But uh, uh, but like having rich. a uh, a yeah, boat, no it, you have nature that does the work for you. You know, it rocks you to sleep like a baby. And till a wave capsizes you. This is why yeah, none of us join the navy. Right. Look, exactly. Everything has its own caveats, but I prefer the boat. All right, on to the next one, Captain Sledge. I, I'm excited to hear this one from you, sir. Mm. Would you rather go back to age five with everything you know now or know now everything your future self will learn? Oh, I ain't going back to age five. That was the age of, of, of butt whoopings. And, and yeah, it was rough. It was rough being five around and trying to learn with my mom and stuff. 
was trying to do and all that. I don't care about that knowledge. I'm, I'm, I'm going to learn it anyway. So give me the <laughs> okay, all right. B. Give me B because I don't want to go back to that series of, of, of learning how to do to, to conduct myself in front of my parents. No, nah, I'm not okay. doing that. I'm so you're not going to take school, your, your enlightenment and then go on back? No, I'm from the old school. Uh-uh, okay. I'm not going back right. here. All right, cool. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yes, sir, that works. All right, I ain't going back like there. How, All right, cool. B, like at B. The age of, I like how at the age of five, like, you gain consciousness. Like, you, like... I don't remember anything past the age of five. Like, like anything before the age of five, I don't think I existed. Yeah, no, it's, that's what I'm saying. Um, There's a little joke that my friends and I say. Uh, you just, like, spawned in. You spawned yeah, in. Yeah, like, I was, like, there, but not there. And then one day I was, like, bestowed with consciousness. If you go outside, you go stay outside. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to come back inside. You come back, you come back inside, you stay inside. You money. I just find that so fascinating. All right. I don't know. I think y'all should see my son. Like he asked, like he asked me all these questions. Just he's like, why, why? I think I think he's fun. I think he's pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a... <laughs> that was but awesome. why? <laughs> all right. This next one's gonna be for Cadet General. Oh gosh. Okay. Would you rather lose all your money and valuables or all the pictures you have ever taken? You literally did this because you know I'm a sorority girl at heart. Yeah. Um. It was planned. Oh. See, I've got some pretty invaluable items. Like, I've gotten, like, jewelry from my loved ones. But those photos just, like, I literally look at past photos when I'm in a bad mood just to make me happier. So, I honestly, that's hard. I think I would have to go with the lose of, like, legit things and keep the photos. All right. That, That would, yeah. Do we get to keep the phone? Is the phone sticking with us? That's all the pictures in it. Yeah, you can keep the well. Yeah, you can keep the phone because it has the pictures. But the photos would be erased, right? No, you can keep the phone that has the pictures. Oh, then we're chilling. Dog, I'm chilling. <laughs> she's, she's the, All my only, photos are on my phone. The only thing I have in my possession. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, Mac. I I think this one's a good one for you. Okay, would you rather live a comfortable and peaceful life in the woods in a small cabin without much human interaction, or a life full of conflict and entertainment? In a mansion in a city. But like that's the plan though. Like the first one. Of oh, the first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, <my> <laughs> that's that's a no-brainer, honestly. Like I mean, cause I mean, look, I could live no interaction, right? Like at first, but you know, but like people, people would find me. You know, I say uh-huh. hi to the little dude who passed by. You know, on the river. You know. All right, that's fair. I'd be cool. You know. You'd say hi to the the weekly fisherman. Yeah, you know, into the raccoons and the bears. <laughs> <laughs> feeding them berries outside your home he said get me out of civilization <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm doing b i already live b i already live right. b vegas is like oh boy yeah look, look just all you gotta do you want like some drama mad, just look outside man that's fair yeah you yeah, literally go out there, you know, out here. sirens and yeah turn, turn on the news water. and there's something breaking flash news floods. on there yeah flash floods all right <laughs> the hurricane that never came that decided to come today yeah. All right, Wade, would you rather have everything you draw become real but be permanently terrible at drawing or be able to fly but only as fast as you can walk? Dog, oh, my God. <laughs> you know I want to go Mach 2.2. <laughs> Come on. You, you, you uh, yeah, wow. That I'm going to have to take the first one, obviously. Otherwise, what, am I going to fly a... I don't even know anything that flies that slow. You, you can't. Like you can't. Yeah, I see your PFA runtime. You you got some. You got some uh, short legs over there, brother. He's got some yeah, work to I do. Make it. <laughs> I'm, making, I'm making him run three miles this semester. He's gonna get the work in. 
You're underestimating me, dude. I, you know, it might be all about the <laughs> Iron Temple, the barbells, the weights, you know, but I yeah, but how's that run time now and then? Hey, that's, if I want a PFA store, I'll go get it. All right, don't worry about me. Future. <laughs> all right, barely see, do anything. Cooper. Yeah, Cooper, what's would up? you rather? Would you rather have a terrible boss and a great job, or a good boss but a bad job? Ooh, that's a really good question. <laughs> well, Who's I mean, supervisor Gorse. Uh, I, no, doubt it as of right oh, now. Okay. Um. I mean, is this just like in general? No, or, it, 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 it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, honestly, I I'll take the uh the good job with a bad boss, and the reason is is because, um, if you like what you're doing, I feel like that's what's gonna help you get through the day, work day. Uh, no matter if um, you know, if your boss doesn't like you, or you don't like your boss or anything like that. As long as you enjoy what you're doing, I feel like that's what matters most. Um. I know, uh, you know, people say, you know, haters going to hate, you know, your boss may be your hater, but if you're chilling and having a blast with your job, I think that's what makes the most out of life. Man, you're going to learn when you get your first deployment home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to like what you do, but you're going to have that one person that ruins it for everybody. Y'all just sitting there, you know, doing your thing and be like, oh, well, you're like, why is this door open? You know what I'm saying? It's like, because, you know, it's hot outside, but it's not supposed to be open. You know? <laughs> All right, I got one more, and this can go to whoever wants to take it. All right, this is the crew. This the whole crew is going on this one. Would Would you rather, okay, you get your number one AFSC, but you don't get any benefits, none, not a no retirement, no nothing, but you get your dream job, and you you like say for example, you want to fly, like you get to fly every day, like you get your dream job, and you get to do that every day, <laughs> or get your number three job pick. With all the benefits and double your pay. Oh, I didn't ask for missiles. Missiles chose me. That wasn't even on my list, baby. I already live in B. I'm, and I got five kids. Nope, See, I'm my, good. My, B. List, my B. list goes from pilot to secfo. So I'm like, that pilot would be looking really good. So maybe the no benefits. Okay. My wage here, my, one is pilot, three is engineer. I would pick the first one fly you know have fun because after in the military i don't need the bennies right because that's what i'll just punch and hit the airlines if i wanted to get the bennies there you go after 10 years you gotta wait for them after 10 years i'd have fun for 10 and then bounce yeah i would not want to be an engineer and get double salary even though i mean it would sound it's just not as fun as a life boom all right Cooper here. Um, I would go with the um, the with the option B because my uh, although my number one is Sizzo, my number three is actually missiles. So uh, honestly, I would love uh, to take uh, just chill down in the silo and just get all that incentive pay, all the retirement and everything. I would be upset as a taxpayer if missiles were. <laughs> Not much money. <laughs> I'll be very upset. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Don't be mad at hating on the yep, missiles. Missiles, hate. missiles, you know, y'all sleeping at night. We got the keys. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. While Astero's here, I would definitely take 
option B because I mean like I, I can't even remember what my number third number three job was. I got to be frank, I don't remember at all because my form, uh, my form and my questionnaire were both very different. Um, okay. So who knows what I'll end up getting anyways. But like, <laughs> I get all the benefits. Do my four years, get out. If I don't like it, stay in. If I do like it, you know, I feel like it's a pretty good trade. Okay. All right. That's that's valuable. That's valid. We just right. did them in February of this year. <laughs> and. <laughs> that's a that's that's a little bit. Eh, it's not a year. It feels like we'll a year. Talk when when, when, are when school coming out? is piling on you, that will feel like three years ago. So it was hold on. It was way too long ago. But Cam Sledge, real question: When when are AFSCs coming out? I don't know. You barking up the wrong tree. I got no, we got no. I have no intel for you guys. <laughs> Next Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. September twenty ninth. That's you, Coop. No, no, we don't. We, no, no, we ain't acknowledging none of that. We don't know nothing about that. I don't know. I have no answers for y'all. Yeah, Kadri has no answers for y'all. All you, all you cadets that's asking that, we got nothing for you. Sorry. Someone's got to have something. <laughs> well, something's going to happen someday, but it ain't today. All right, Captain Sledge. Well, that does it for uh, Would You Rathers for me today, sir. All righty. So, lastly, we have um, for today, Cadet Ayesteros with her bite-sized advice. Hello. Yes. So this is called bite size advice because it may seem bite size, but it can have big size impacts. We're not doing cruise news this week. No, that's next week. Okay. That's next doing week. it biweekly. Okay. Cool. Got it. So sorry to somber the tone, but this one's a little bit more serious. But I think it's really important to have these serious talks because sometimes maybe maybe this podcast is the only resource you're gonna have to actually get these talks. Um. So I'm gonna start off with a question. So this is to General first. General, do your parents know? if you either want to be cremated or buried? Um, they don't. And to be honest with you, I don't even know. Uh, I know in the past in my family, we've done more of the cremated route, but honestly, couldn't tell you. I think for me, it was one of those ideas where it's like, oh, I would figure this out once I'm like married and yeah. with my partner type of an idea. <laughs> I'll figure it out once I've parted from this world, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, or like you know, because it's like if I'm married, like there's like 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 that idea of you want to be buried next to your partner. All right, good response. Okay, Walbro, what about you? Do your parents know? Um, I think because we're religious, like in our religion, we get cremated. So I think it's kind of a general assumption that I would be cremated. Um, but I'm kind of in the same boat as General, where like I really never thought about it. So I would I would kind of let them pick. We'll send a text from um, But I would I would probably say cremation. And I'm, charges and everything. I don't I would I've never told them that, but I think they would do the same thing based on assumption. Um, but I I've never said anything about it. Yeah, so that's exactly where I'm going at right now. Um, so I'm gonna actually relate this back to like a thing that happened over the summer. So I actually had a cousin who passed away, right? He was 25 years old, super young. We did not expect it to happen. And then, you know, we were on the hospital, you know, he was uh, brain dead and the family was just arguing of like, no, he wanted to be cremated. No, he wanted to be buried. No, he wanted to donate his organs. Nobody could figure it out. And that's what I'm saying. You never know when your day's going to come. So for those listening out in there, like truly, I know it may seem like a somber thing to have a conversation to have with your parents or your guardians, whoever you're with, but truly have those conversations because you never know when your day's going to come. Um, and that would have really benefited my family. And, you know, at that end of the day, the family's going to try the best, try their best to, you know, think what you would have wanted, but nobody knows what you would have wanted more than you. Um, so truly have those conversations. And that also goes with all, 
what else happens? You know, what happens to your iPhone? Who has access to your iPhone or your Android? What happens to all your passwords, your bank information, your credit cards, your debt? What happens? And I know we seem kind of young right now, but like, honestly, again, life is life. You may literally walk out. We can walk out of this library right now and it can be your time. And if your family doesn't know, it can create a lot of stressors. So it's never too early, guys, especially like once you're able to um, commission, go to the JAG office, figure out your will, your testimonies, figure out who you want your power attorney, like whether you want to be, you know, you know, all those decisions, because it's really, really important. Do you have something to add, Captain Sledge, as an adult here? Yeah, (laughs) as a a one who's been uh, around. So uh, I'm going to apply to you guys as military careers and those who are in, in, in not just necessarily military, but those who are listening, who are managers, supervisors, got families. Uh, things like that, uh, that people that you care for or that care for you. Um, but I'm going to kind of focus it in on the the uh, military side of the house. I've heard too many horror stories happen because folks did not do what they were supposed to do or or even worse. It was not updated. All right. So their 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 ex spouses get, you know, all the bennies that, you, you know, y'all been divorced for 12 years, but you forgot to update your stuff. And guess wow. what? The military is just going to do what it what you told them to do. So. It makes sense. Um, I've heard so many horror stories, um, and I know a lot of people don't want to think about that, but it, it will become commonplace uh, when you deploy or when you. it's a part of your checklist. Hey, go to legal and go get your will done. You're like, but I'm not expecting to go anywhere. Well, I need, we, we, we neither. Not us either, right? But at the same time, you got to kind of think about those things and give folks an answer for uh, what uh, if those things happen. So don't make it a horror story. Do your family a favor and take care of that and at least update that, uh, you know, every year, maybe every six months, something like that. That's a good threshold because again, if you have an ex or you have a family member that you had them, you know, all your benefits go to and all of a sudden, um, you know, you pass away, but you forget to update it. The military is not going to think for you. They're not, they're going to say, this is where it says it goes. And this is where it goes. And there's nothing but horror stories that go on with that. So make sure you, your family, it's clear um, what what happens uh, if these things occur. If you are alive but you can't make any decisions, right? Who's gonna who are you gonna put in charge of that, right? That stuff matters. So it's super important to think about that. I know you guys are 19, 20, 16. You guys are thinking you're invincible. I got it. I got it. I was that too, right? But as you get older and you start having kids and families and things like that, you start thinking about it a little bit more. So please, please, please. I know it's kind of a somber thing to think about, kind of a low, but you got to make sure you have that positive conversation with those who are closest to you so they, they so they know what to do uh, and they know what your wishes are. Yeah, thank you, Captain Sledge. No, yeah, definitely. Again, like right when that happened to my family, once I got home, because that all happened in Chicago, we all sat down at the dinner table and we were like, okay, what does everybody want? Because now we had never talked about it um, prior to that until that situation happened. So truly like, advice for me to you guys on there and the crew here like definitely it helps out because then you just feel more comfortable and you feel more at ease um but yeah that's what i have for bite-sized advice may seem small now but later on it will have way greater impacts all right that was so awesome thank you so much cadet diasteros um any last remarks before we go into the closing out from anyone cadet mac you got something just kind of add on to uh, cadet diasteros's um bite-sized advice like it's really People often have wills, but I don't think a lot of people know about that there's living trust you can have. So you don't have to have, you know, something when you're you're, you're gone. You can be able to manage something while you're alive for where the estates and things like that, the, you know, uh, 
can be able to go. Uh, it's recommended that you have something along the lines of like a, a digital dead box. So like all those things, like like you said before, how to get into uh, bank accounts, how to be able to get into, you know, your, I mean, if you have, you know, digital stuff like, uh, like coin boxes and stuff like that, have that ready and available for people and behind like a password and share that password with the people that are close to you so they can be able to navigate those things. Real quick, I want to touch on that too. Um, if you have an iPhone uh, and you do end up like unfortunately passing away, legally they cannot jailbreak your phone to get into your phone. But with that said, um, I saw this on I think like an Instagram video. Um, if you go into your like iCloud or something or settings on your phone, there is a I can't exactly remember what it was called, but there Legacy is contact. A... Yeah, I saw on Instagram too. <laughs> what what was it called? Legacy contact. Legacy on your contact. Yeah. So <laughs> legacy contact. You can input it into your phone. Whoever you would want, say your mom, dad, sister, brother, significant other, um, kind of a situation, and you can input their contacts, like their like identification, in, and Apple will be able to open uh, your phone for them so that they can go through your phone and kind of see, figure out anything else. So that is a little tidbit to add on to um, if you want to do that. But yeah, anyways, any final, final remarks? All right, we are going to kick it over to Captain Sledge for his closing out remarks. All right, you guys have a good one. Those are my closing remarks for now. I got more later on. Okay, so wrapping up the show, I hope you guys got some real good information. I know you did. I know you did. I trust my Rebel Nation crew uh, to deliver the good news and, and what's going on out there. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up with this. One of my favorite topics, okay? Team building. Team building. Man, I love watching teams grow. I love watching the processes, whether they're forming, norming, storming, all that cool stuff. I love watching how that happens, how that unfolds, right? Whether I'm watching a movie or I'm watching cadets just, you know, are trying to figure it out. They're trying to solve a puzzle or they're trying to figure something out. Um, I see it at a, a, a long scale and I see it in short bursts, right? Um, I, I love that stuff. So the advice I have for you all, because now you you probably have a flight or you probably have, you know, you know, squadrons and things like elements and things like that to associate with, but you don't quite know what to do with it yet. Um, but it's forming, right? It's coming together, okay? I want you all, regardless of what team you're on, I want you all to focus on hurrying up and forming. I want you to focus on getting to that storming phase where everybody's insecure about what they're doing, right? The faster you blast through that storming phase, the faster you can hurry up and get to that, that performing phase, that norming phase, right? That comes first, norming, and then you start performing, right? So I want you guys to really, really focus on that. Don't waste a lot of time trying not to step on each other's toes and things like that and being, you know, don't spend a lot of time there, right? We got to hurry up and get through that storming phase so that we, and not necessarily to, to, to argue. I don't want y'all necessarily arguing. I just want you all to start having that conversation of who does what, who, who's got the talent in this area, who's got the talent in that area. So everybody feels secure. They know what their job is. 
and all that. Why am I saying it like this? Because once you get past that storming phase, the team starts to get stronger because they're confident in what they're doing, okay? I want you all to have a goal to build a team that's so strong, it's so able that you can't even identify who the leader is. But the reason why you can't identify the leader is because you are all so strong, right? If you can visualize that, if you can picture that, right? We've seen this all the time where, you know, whether it's sports teams or leadership teams or CEO teams, best practices, and you take, you look at the picture of the team and the team just looks so strong that you have no idea who the leader is. Now, granted, the CEO or the team captain and all that stuff, we can identify them, but if you didn't know who, you know, all these people are, you could not identify clearly who the team leader is because they all stand strong. They all know where they stand. They all are secure in their roles, right? They figured that out. The team has figured that out and you have to literally ask, who is the leader here, right? And you have to clearly identify a leader, but you might all share some of those principles and properties and you're empowered to do so by said leader. So I want you all to focus on things like that, okay? To enhance your flights, enhance your teams, enhance uh, your groups, whether you're in ROTC, whether you're at McDonald's or, or at the academy or wherever you are, doesn't matter. The principle and the concept are the same. So I want you all to really focus on that. Stop thinking about yourself, right? And think about what you can bring to the table, okay? Let yourself go. That's not what we're trying to do, okay? We're not trying to be this one unit entity, all right? We're trying to become a hive mind that can be autonomous and really get the mission done. We can always find what the mission is. We can always, regardless of what's thrown at us, what are we doing here? What is our purpose? The team that's strongest will always filter that information out and stay focused on the task at hand. They're not afraid to take risks. They're not afraid to, to really calculate and, and think about each other's safety and security and mission effectiveness. That all comes together when you have blasted through the forming and the storming stages of teamwork and you've figured out who you are, okay? There's a lot of techniques you can do in order to blast past that. You can, you need an identity. Who are we, right? What is our mission, right? What is our, our chant? What is, what is our strength? Who are you? Are Okay, engineers, you guys are good at this. Uh, you guys are creative thinkers. You guys are good at this. Figure that stuff out immediately. You're gonna have to take some time and figure this out. You might not have enough time provided during your lead labs or doing whatever. You're gonna have to figure that out, flight commanders. You're going to have to figure that out and get your people off the campus and really do some stuff and figure it out. Okay. That's my expectation for you, you POC out there, you upperclassmen, you managers, you supervisors. You got to pull them out of that comfort zone and you got to really, really figure out who they are. Once they figure out who they are and as a team, they'll be able to, to attack anything. They're, they're going to be fearless. They're not going to have a problem. Now, to put a vision to that theory, or that concept, 
Think about a pride of lions, right? Lions that are on the hunt, right? Uh, usually carried out by the lionesses, right? But just take it, you know, you might have some male lions around there and they're about to go on the hunt, right? I've used this reference. Uh, this comes from my, uh, my mentor, uh, and I hope he hears this one of these days. But I, I like the concept, right? If you, you pick your, picture a, a, you know, a pride going out there on the hunt, right? It's time to go. It's time to do it. You know who you don't see out there? You don't see the little kids. You don't see the little babies out there. They're put somewhere else. We don't have time to be messing around with no foolishness, right? We will bring the bread home, right, when it's good in time. But we are a dynamic team. We're about to go out there. We're about to do this. It's going to be some danger. It's going to be some risks out here. But we all have the same look. We all know what we're doing. Everybody got a role. We got it. Everybody knows what they're doing. Absolutely. I know what I'm doing. So they're secure in their way. And even though they got to take down this water buffalo, which is extremely dangerous, they have a team concept. And we don't fault them. We applaud the lionesses and the lion, the pride alliance for doing what they do and being such an effective team, right? So I encourage you to, to use that as ammunition, okay? When you all are trying to build the team, build your flight, you might not like everybody. Who, nobody's asking you to like everybody. It's great. It's a bonus if you like everybody. But the question is, do you want to eat tonight? Right? Are we eating? All right? If we're if we're trying to eat, then we need to put all this, all these casts aside. We need to put all these demographic differences aside and focus on what's going down. All right. So visualize that as you all are creating your, your mission set right? What are we doing? Are we willing to take the risk? Do I trust you to be able to handle what you are able to do? If you're, if you're not sure, are you asking questions to build that strength, right? So that everybody gets that assurance there, okay? So think about that as you guys are going along. Lastly, trust your higher calling. Talk to somebody different than you. Always remember that your achievement of your goals is going to take a whole lot of divinity if you're into that, a whole lot of family, a whole lot of hard work, and a little bit of chilling, all right? You should be out there grinding and get it in, in, all right? So you all have a good one. See you all next week.